Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans, and welcome to this Monday edition of Bobcat Radio here on the 7th of November. This is your host, Colton Gibson, and today I'm joined by my producer, Justin Brown, and co-host, Ryan Liguez. We have a ton to cover this morning as some sports are wrapping up and others are just getting started. But before we get started, let's throw it to Ryan for a quick word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is the sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio, located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos. Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, scenic views. We're going to go ahead and get started today with some teams that are approaching postseason action, and that is Texas State Volleyball and San Marcos Football. First with Texas State Volleyball. 20-6 and six is their record. 20 wins on the season now. But two 3-1 wins over the Troy Trojans this past weekend on Friday and Saturday. This team is peaking at the right time. You know, over the weekend they had the the senior recognitions where they recognized nine different seniors that will be wrapping up their college career. And this includes the people that they got you to this point. Emily DeWalt, Janelle Fitzgerald, Jada Gardner, Jillian Slaughter, all these people that have brought you to this this point of dominance that you're experiencing right now. They finally got to be celebrated. Yeah, it's really good. They got. A, I saw a little thing on Twitter earlier where they all, after the game on Saturday, they all went to the river together and holding hands with Hugh. They all jumped to the river. So that was a good thing to see. But um, going back to this game on Wednesday, on, on Friday and Saturday, I mean, Jada Gardner, like you said, dominant. She was able uh, to, I think, lead and kills both games. I think on Friday they had three people in double-digit kills, Jada Gardner, Teske, and Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald always going to have double kills. But, um, yeah, you know, good good to see uh, Good to see that, you know, they they enjoy their last few games here. And thankfully that little water uh, accident happened on Friday didn't slow down the momentum. It seemed like it kind of helped them out a little bit. Yeah, you mentioned this water accident. If anyone was not in San Marcos last Friday, it was raining pretty hard. And there was rain coming through the ceiling at Strahan <laughs> Arena. That was a delay, but that didn't take the Bobcats out of their game plan. You know, they this was a matchup that we were considering to be a pretty tough one. Troy, you know, 10-2 and two as well going into this. So whoever was going to win this, it was up in the air. These teams were both very similar in ranking, and they were the top of their divisions. And, you know, Troy, though, unfortunately, did not get a win here. And this is if you look back at the series between the Bobcats and Troy, Troy has never won a game out of their 17 matchups. So quite interesting. Now, in a factoid, the mention you talk about these seniors that are graduating, one of them, Janelle Fitzgerald, you talk about are always getting double kills, one of the best kill leaders on this team. When she's on the court against conference teams, they're 78 and 8. That's 90%. They have a 90% chance to win with Janelle Fitzgerald on the court. Not, not just Janelle Fitzgerald. You talk about Jada Gardner, Emily DeWalt, who we've mentioned I don't know how many times now, you know, set her to the week every single. She's won like, I don't know, four now this this season. So just amazing players and they're seniors. And as you mentioned, that Sean Hewitt and them jumping in the river, that's just so special. It just shows how connected this team truly is. Well, Sean Hewitt just took over a program that was already very well known, very successful. And I think I, I read something that said in his three seasons now, he has already reached his 70th win as a as a head coach. So just amazing things are going on with Texas State Volleyball. 
Yeah, and, you know, we talk about the success they've had over the years with Sean Hewitt. You know, Texas State, after they got this win against Troy, they have had at least 20 or more wins in every single season since 2016. This is a team that has been to, you know, in the NCAA tournament. They've been there before. This is a prominent volleyball team, and they're 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 showing their success way past the Sun Belt Conference, and now they have a tournament that they're going to have to face up against in, and if they want to make it back to the NCAA tournament, they can't get taken out of that tournament. Before that tournament, they will travel to South Carolina to take on the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers this Thursday at 5 p.m. That game will be on ESPN Plus and then Friday at 12 p.m. And this is the last regular season games before the conference championship. So hopefully they can get two more wins to kind of ride the momentum into that tournament. But a team that is already getting started with their postseason action this week is San Marcos Rattler football. They wrapped up their regular season with a 20 to 16 win against East Central Hornets to clinch that fourth and final playoff spot in the district. And they got a tough draw against the Brandeis Broncos, an eight and two team. The Rattlers, you know, they had their struggles throughout the season. They had some really bright spots, too. But uh, I mean, what do you all think is going to going to go down at this playoff game? Well, you know, like you said, they got a tough matchup ahead. And I think if they can just play the football that they have been playing and really, you know, focus on what they've been able to do good, run the ball really well, you know, they can get that defense short up. I think they can have they can they can do their best against that team. I mean, it's gonna be a tough challenge. And, you know, my question is, I wonder, you know, who's gonna start for the quarterback? Because I know in this past game on Friday, Isaiah Delano did not play. Or he made I think he played a few snaps. I think his mom said he was down with the flu. And, you know, Webb stepped in, did pretty well. You know, he threw, I think, 150-something yards, three touchdowns. So, you know, I think the flu won't keep Isaiah Dillon back. But, you know, it's good to know that you have a second quarterback if anything happens that can kind of ride this team. Yeah, it just shows that this team can respond to adversity. You know, you get your starting quarterback out of the rotation. Isaiah DeLeon isn't there. Cutter Gage Webb steps up and does great things. Now, when I was doing, I was producing this game, you heard Paxton and Kyle on the call, and Paxton said this was very familiar between like a Texas State versus Southern Miss game where there was no scores in that first half. It was a very tight and contested game, and then in the final minutes, you see the Rattlers throw it far down the field, and they get a touchdown to win this game with minutes left. And, you know, unfortunately for the Rattlers, they they didn't lose that game like the Texas State Bobcats <laughs> lost against Southern Miss. But yeah, this team, they did not, you know, you could respond to all this drama they had with UIL bands and all this recruiting and stuff like that that happened in the beginning of the season. You could see this reg- last game of the regular season. They could just, you know, oh, throw in the towel. This is it. But no, these seniors are not ready to give up on their season and they want to play as much football as they can. So this playoff game, it's going against an eight and two team, you know, the Brandius Broncos. And this is going to be a tough matchup. You know, the Rattlers, They've responded pretty well against teams like Steel. I mean, Steel, they put up some points in those games, but you see them unfortunately lose. You just have to have better defense. And Isaiah DeLeon, I hope he's recovered from the flu because they're going to need him at every snap. Well, the only mutual opponent that these two teams have is uh, Madison. And, you know, of course, you remember the Rattlers defeated Madison in overtime, 31-24. And the Broncos kind of blew out Madison 50-27. to So they Broncos fared a little bit better against the you know like one mutual opponent they had so it's definitely going to be a a tough task for the uh, rattlers to continue in the postseason and i imagine the the teams are just going to get more difficult to beat 
But also, I mean, you can flip that coin and look on the other other side of it. The Rattlers here, they have nothing to lose. They're a team that's not expected to go, you know, to be a big impact in this playoff picture because their regular season record has been staggered. Now, they're going to come into this, and they're going to play their best brand of football. A lot of those seniors, like I mentioned, this is their last season on the team. They want to play as much as they can, and, you know, they're playing without their coach, their head coach, John Walsh. You know, he had to step down because of a ban for, you know, the last few games of the season. They had their defensive coordinator, I think, is actually their head coach right now. So, um I may not be correct exactly on that, but yeah, I just think that honestly, this, this Rattler football team, they're responding quite well to adversity. As you mentioned, Isaiah Delion was sick. Guess what? Cutter Gage Webb steps up. Their head coach is gone. Guess what? Another coach can step up in that position and this team can actually win some football games. So it's exciting to see how they can use this adversity in the playoffs. Yeah, no, this adversity has definitely lit a fire in them. I mean, like we've been saying, nobody thought they'd get here, especially early on the season. They weren't even going to be able to qualify for playoffs. And then, you know, the stars kind of aligned at the end where it was like a take all game. You win this game and you're in. It's like, it's like, whoa, we have this chance, you know, that nobody thought we were able to get to. So. They took their chance, I mean, against East Central, and, you know, they were able to bring out the win, you know. So I think going into this, this playoff game, I mean, there's a fire in them, and they're, they're pumped up and they're ready because now they know that, you know, we can do this. I think we, you know, nobody thought we could get here, and now we are here, so now we got to prove it. Yeah, they just squeaked in in that last playoff spot with a 4-6 and six record, so, you know, maybe they got a reason to be there. But as I said, they will be traveling to San Antonio to take on the Brandeis Broncos this Friday, November 11th at 7 p.m., so we will see if the Rattlers get to get a taste of the second round of the playoffs. But we will take a quick break. And on the other side of it, we're talking about the start of Texas State basketball. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. Welcome back to this Monday edition of Bobcat Radio. In the studio with me, I have my producer, Justin Brown, and co-host, Ryan Liguez. This is your host, Colton Gibson. As I said before the break, we're going to preview some Texas State basketball. But first, we got to hit on the latest edition of the Texas State football from the past weekend. And it was another interesting game. It's uh, starting to be what you expect from Texas State football a little bit. A 31 to 30 loss against the Louisiana Monroe, Louisiana Monroe Warhawks on Saturday came off of a missed field goal in a game that the Bobcats led 21 to zero at one point. You know, last week we talked about our last week we talked about this game and said, you know, ULM kind of seems to be the laughing stock of the Sun Belt, and the Bobcats just might be taking that title from them. Yeah, and you know, I, I, earlier in the game, you know, uh, it was fourth and two. I think they were on uh, ULM's twenty-five yard line, and Spav decided, you know what, let's go for it. You know, fourth and two, we have this lead. And one thing that I've learned in my four years of watching Texas State football. No lead is ever safe with this team. You always need more of a buffer. And so instead of kicking a field goal on the 25-yard line, they go for it on fourth and two, and they did not convert. And I knew that that three points was really going to bite us in the end, and it did. And, you know, it's just one of the, you know, we've been saying for the last couple of weeks, you know, in, in situations like this where it's just like you can try and swing for the fences, you know, just go be aggressive, but, you know, and, you know, in, in a in where you need, you know, three games to get to a bowl game, you know, you just got to play it safe and you just got to try and get as many points on the board as you can. And, you know, that's something that this team has always struggled with. And, you know, in opportunities where they could put points up, they kind of do something else to try and and, you know, be aggressive. And then in that game winning field goal and that game winning or not game winning field, what could have been a game winning field goal and that drive, they were on, I think, the 20 yard line. And, you know, you're just trying to set up your kicker 
and get him where he can, you know, get him to the hash line that he likes. Instead, on first down, they, they you know, they run, get like a yard or two. Second down, they try and air it out into the end zone, doesn't convert, doesn't get it. Okay, it stops the clock. That's what the big thing also, it stops the clock. Third down, they try and pass it out to the right side, incomplete, stops the clock. So now you're putting time on the clock, on the board, and you're not getting closer to help your field, your, your field, your, sorry, your kicker, you know, make this field goal. And, you know, that's just like one of those things that we've seen. And I'm, I'm just speechless. I, I was very speechless after that game. There's so much you can say, Ryan, really about this game. And you mentioned the kicker, Seth Keller. Seth Keller is actually the best kicker in Texas State program history. So we cannot blame him. He's 32 of 38 in his entire career. And he's only missed two kicks this entire season. One was a blocked kick previously. Um, but yes, no, there's so much you can say about this game. They lead 21 to 0 in its first three drives. I'm talking, you know, we had at, we had Javen Banks with two receiving touchdowns. Now he is second. Second in all time, um, you know, all time touchdowns for a receiver at Texas State. Um, so, you know, great silver lining there. We saw Lincoln Perry, he rushed in and got a touchdown of his own. And we even saw Ashton Hawkins with a 58 yard punt return. So there was so much great spots to this game. It just comes down to how are you going to close it out, right? I see this 21 to 0 score on Twitter and I'm smiling ear to ear and I'm thinking, wouldn't this just be really <laughs> hilarious if the Bobcats somehow let go of that lead? And was I surprised? I look at Texas. It was not hilarious. It was not hilarious. I don't think many people are laughing. Maybe crying was the correct emotion for that. But yeah, no, it, it just, there was so much that can be said about this game. You know, we needed, the Bobcats need three more wins for a football bowl, you know, bowl game. But now that's not going to be possible. Uh, Jake Spavadol, you know, he is in the hot seat right now as a coach. If you check Texas State Twitter, it's hard to find someone even defending this man. Uh, his his record is not that great as a Bobcat head coach for this football team, and it makes you wonder if that fourth and two play calling you're talking about, you know, that's the position where you should just kick it or you should just, you know, punt it. You don't go for that. You're really not putting yourself in a scoring opportunity. So there's just so much you can say about this game, and, and, and really we don't need to talk about it as much because it's just disappointing. You know, it's not it's something you expect to see from this Bobcat football team, and hopefully they can learn from this. I just, you know, but we have to if you want to look at the meat and potatoes of this game and you want to look at the statistics and hear how did Lane Hatcher do as the quarterback, he did pretty good. And in that first half, he was only 13 for 15 in completion. So he only missed two pass, two throws. But he did uh, 29 for 41 with his completions and attempts. He had 237 yards with two touchdowns himself. No interceptions in a long 47-yard pass. But yes, no, the Bobcats here with Jake Spavitol at the helm, it's, it's causing people to question if he is deserved of that spot. And if you look at this record, it, it may reflect that, but I wait, that's not up for debate right now. There's still some season left, so it's up in the air. Yeah. And you know, the fans, you know, they're really hopeful for a bowl game, but you know, like I've said in my four years, I have never seen Texas A go three and O. So it would be a great surprise. It's a great challenge, but you know, we don't know what we'll hold in these next three weeks of competition. You said he's on the hot seat. He's been on the hot seat multiple times since he's been here. He's he's got to do something to change the people's mind. He he started to do it the blowouts and the win over uh, App State at the beginning of the year, and it's it's all just slowly slipping away. And one just little factoid: this is the first time Texas State football in their FBS program history have lost three games by six or less points. Um, and and that shows that these games. 
this game was a 21-0 lead. This was not supposed to be a game you lose by six points. This is a game where you play great defense, you do some good offensive play calling, you don't make risky plays, and that's what was happening. Fourth and two, you do not go for that. I'm sorry. You have that, you know, you're in that position. Don't go for that. It, it's just, there's so much you can say about this, but Colton, you're, as you're correct, you know, he is in, there may, he may be in the hot seat, as we mentioned, but, you know, this Bobcat football team just needs to improve. So enough of that. Let's get to something a little more exciting, a little more happy to talk about. And that is Texas State basketball is back. Let's go. Going to start with uh, some women's basketball. They open their season tonight. Both teams open their season tonight, but the women get to open their season at home against the home fans, against Howard Payne. Guys, are y'all excited for this season? I'm very excited. You know, they actually have been able to keep most of their pieces that they had last year. You know, they still have Lauren Thompson, Kennedy Taylor, Denisha Hood, Ja'Kayla Bowie. You know, they didn't lose much. You know, it's good to see that they wanted to stay. You know, I think Denisha Hood and one of the other players I just named, they're graduate students. And they said, I'm down to stay and I'm down to play a little more for these Bobcats. And so it's really good to see you have that leadership. You have that veteran experience to help lead this team. And, you know, I'm really excited to see what they can do. I'm so excited about the women's basketball team. One of my favorite sports here at Texas State to watch and to call. Um, there, as you mentioned, there are some returning players. Two of those returning players, Denasia Hood, who has been the leading scorer for this team. She's doing amazing. And Kennedy Taylor. And a little factoid about them both. Denasia Hood has 1,412 points, while Kennedy Taylor has 1,019. And they're both entering their fifth season with already over 1,000 career points. This is the first time the Bobcats have had two active players with over 1,000 career points since March 10 of 2018, when they had Taylor Deer, Taylor Deer and Tasha Levitt. But yeah, no, this team is doing amazing things. And if you haven't watched Texas State women's basketball, this is a great time to watch it. You're going to see Kennedy Taylor break some ankles and pass that ball. She led Sunbelt Conference with assists and minutes played. It seems like she only sits down just to sip her water and then she's right back on the court. I mean, there's, it's just so exciting to watch. I'm really excited to see how they can do against Howard Payne. And these two programs, Howard Payne and the Bobcats, they have met before way before our time, March 2nd of 1984, when the Jackets won 69-68. to It was a one-point loss, so this could be a tight one. I don't know if history may be, you know, be the same. We talk about the Bobcats. They played against Cameron. We'll talk about that later. But, yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to see how these teams will do, and I'm excited to see how the women's basketball team can start their season. You know, starting to talk about this team with all of the experience that they have reminds me a lot of when we were starting to preview Texas State Volleyball before their season started. We talked about how they had, you know, the two players with the highest uh, amount of active matches played in the NCAA. You you talked about the experience and the amount, how deep that team was, and I think that this women's basketball team is very similar. They have so many five-year seniors and a couple four-year seniors, so, so many people that have been on this team for a long time. They're getting very experienced transfers coming in, and I hope that we see a very similar season that Texas State Volleyball is wrapping up. Yes. <laughs> I, I think I think they can really, you know, have the same similarity between the volleyball team. You know, with this, they have a lot of exp- the volleyball team had a lot of experience. Seniors like we mentioned, Emily DeWalch and L. Fitzgerald. And this is the same case here. You have Kennedy Taylor, Denasia Hood. You got Jada Reed, Lauren Thompson, Ja'Kayla Bowie. Plenty of returning sto- scores. You know, Coach uh, Coach Zinnery, uh, Coach Zinnery's leading scores. They're all back here and they're ready to play more basketball and they love it they'll stay an extra year as much as they can yeah and you know to have all these seniors also you know it really helps set you up for next season you know they can really train and help uh, develop you know these freshmen and these transfers to really get them into the culture that they have set up here and the way they play and they'll really help catapult them into next season so women's basketball as i said will start their season versus howard Payne tonight at 7 p.m at strahan arena so go out 
and get it started hot, get them started with a win, uh, as well as men's basketball will also be starting their season tonight. They played an exhibition game last week on Wednesday against Cameron. It was a 90-65 to 65 win. So, guys, same question. Men's basketball season started. How are we feeling? Well, to see that 90-65 to 65 win, you know, in an exhibition, it's really good. But, you know, it's kind of, you know, on the other side of, like, the situation that are the, the, the grateful – I don't know how you can say it, but, you know, with the women's basketball, you know, they have experience. They have veterans on there. Now, for the men's basketball, those guys have kind of come and gone. You know, Isaiah Small, Shelby Adams, Caleb Asbury are not there anymore. It is just Mason Harrell and then the players that were there last year that kind of were just developing under those three players I just listed. So there's not as much, I guess, you know, veteran experience and, like, players that have been there that have caused mass success. You know, all those guys are gone. But, you know, I'm still looking forward to these guys, you know, young team, you know, and, you know, with men's basketball, you know, they, somebody can just come out of anywhere and just start playing really well. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what their lineup's going to look like, who they're going to put, if it's going to be kind of a revolving lineup, still trying to find it out in the beginning part of the season, or they're just going to have a set lineup and just kind of ride it out to the end. Yes, it'll be interesting how they, you know, set this lineup. And as you mentioned, a lot of the seniors are gone. Mason Harrell is actually the only senior left on the team. And he's the first player in Texas State history to have over 1,000 points and 300 assists. After, you know, he entered the season having 1,049 points and 306 assists. He did not play that first game against the Cameron Aggies. He sat on the bench for that one. So it was really nice to see these new players get some minutes. And these new players are Tyrell Morgan getting 16 points. And if you check out the men's basketball team Instagram, you can see him jump from, it looks like the free throw line and dunk it down, a beautiful picture. And then you have Brandon Davis getting 23 points. He was looking like a three-point shooter out there getting three of his own in that game but yeah Brandon Love with 13 Nate Martin the returning player you know him 10 points as well but there's just so many things you can look at between in this game you know the second chance points Texas State had 14 compared to the you know you know Cameron's two and if you look at fast breaks the Bobcats had 17 compared to Cameron's three so just great defense played by the Bobcats and they really could put up the points with 90 to 65 win yeah and you know going back to Mason Harrell you know being the only senior here, he's kind of the leader. He's their guy. And, you know, he came in when I got here, you know, four years ago. And to see him, you know, back four years ago, he was not a starter. You know, he was right on the bench. You know, he would get some playing time. And to see him, you know, develop year after year to get to the starting lineup, to get to a leadership role, it's really good to see that kind of progression. And, you know, I think he's like one of the best guys I have on the team to help out the younger players because he knows what it feels like to be on that bench and to rise all the way up to the starting lineup and to play really well. So I think they're pretty set um, in terms of leadership and, you know, leading their leading their guys to the season. It's it's a very different team than the women's basketball team we just talked about. Lots and lots and lots of new guys coming in. You lost a lot of your top players, a lot of your top scorers, and you bring back Mason Harrell. You bring back guys like Nigel Caesar and Drew Drennan that were big impact pieces last year, but – you know, you got Coach TJ has got to find a way to integrate these new guys into the team to where it works and to hopefully win a game in the Sunbelt tournament this year. Kind of had bad luck with the, the first round knockouts the past few years. So I, I guess that's the goal. Get back to being a top seed there and win a game in the first round. 100%. And it can be done by working on these new players and, and getting some new players in this rotation to just build something different with this offensive chemistry. One of the players I'm really excited about, Davian Skies. He he was on that team that went to the national championship for high school basketball. And the reason he's on this team, he had better offers. He had bigger offers. But his father, David Skies, used to play here 1999 to 2003. So it's really cool to see some returning Bobcat alumni and children coming to play on this team. And, you know, just to mention a little side note, Caden Gums, you know, that amazing basketball player on the Rattler 
Butler basketball team th- this Thursday um, in the middle of the afternoon. He's going to be signing his official signing for the Texas State Bobcat basketball team. So we got some more exciting pickups coming our way uh, for the the Texas State basketball team. But yes, this new rotation of players, it's going to be crucial for them trying to get out of that first round difficulties that we've seen this basketball team have in the past. They open up their season tonight at 6.30 p.m. They will be at the Washington State Cougars, and that game will be on the Pac-12 network or on KTSW, so you can listen in and support them while you're at the women's basketball game. Just give both teams a little love as they start their season and hopefully have great success. But that is all for Texas State and San Marcos Sports, and we're going to spend our last little bit of time wrapping up with the Major League Baseball season coming to a close. And once again, the rightful champions, the Houston Astros, are back on top. It's going to be hard to fit all of my emotions and how I felt about this game in five minutes. But all I got to say is this is a huge win for Houston, for the fans. I mean, you know, this kind of, you know, everyone was saying, oh, no, they can't win. They can't win because of 2017. They can't win. They can't win. They can never get away from what happened in 2017. Well, they were able to. They were able to beat the odds you know all the haters everyone that didn't want them to win they beat them and you know little little factoid as uh my buddy justin over here always says that bullpen had a 0.83 era in the whole postseason the lowest in mlb history in the postseason wow. that is ridiculous and that's you know going back to that game you know the world series in 2019 i think it's the braves or maybe in 2020 that bullpen was the reason they lost and so to see them win this year with that bullpen is just amazing oh my gosh all those pitchers and, you know, just, oh, my gosh, I'm getting a little emotional. Now, I was at a Worst Fest on Saturday night, and, oh, my gosh, I, it was the best place to be to see the Astros win. That place was ecstatic. We had a polka band playing We Are the Champions. You know, it was just a great environment. And, you know, this is just a great, again, a great win for the team. And shout out Jordan Alvarez. Shout out um, uh, Marcini. Or, sorry, what's his name? Mancini. Mancini, Mancini. sorry. But, right, Mancini made one of the biggest plays of the, of the postseason. Didn't get any, barely any playing time. He didn't really do much in the postseason, but a big play to come and get the win for the Astros. Yes, you know, as you mentioned, you said my word factoid, and you gave me one. I'm going to give you two. <laughs> Dusty Baker is actually now the oldest you know, baseball manager to ever win a World Series. And Jordan Alvarez in that game had a beautiful homer of his own, and that was the second longest homer in World Series history with a 450 foot, world, uh, 450 foot bomb that he hit himself. And yeah, you mentioned Trey Mancini getting that great hit in there. That was his first hit of the postseason. And this is Trey Mancini, someone that fought cancer, and now he's in the World Series and he did amazing for this Astros team. A great pickup for them. But I want to mention Framer Valdez. Come on, nine strikeouts. This is amazing. I, I, he did a great job on the mound, and and at just this baseball team, I'm glad the Astros win this because it does silence those people that are saying, oh, the Astros are just a bunch of cheaters. No, you see, that's not the case here. If you look, they, they really played a great brand of baseball, and they did amazing. They swept every other team coming into this World Series. The Phillies, you know, the Phillies did great. You know, Kyle Schwarber, we did, we did see some highlights on the Phillies, and they did get a win or two. <laughs> but, you know, the Astros... They, they really just delivered Jeremy Pena winning MVP of the World Series. And, I mean, he's the first rookie for the Astros, rookie hitter to ever win an MVP. So it just, it's, it's just amazing for, for this Astros team. There's so many factoids, Ryan. And I apologize. I totally forgot about Dusty Baker. Oh, my gosh. Love Dusty. Everyone loves Dusty. City loves Dusty. We all love Dusty. But 
to go into like, you know, a little, little conspiracy theory, you know, a little, little what if, like, you know, what would have happened if they did not win this game six and gone to game seven? Because if you guys have probably heard, you know, there was injuries at the end of that game. Bregman broke his finger. Altuve wasn't 100% at the end. You know, Yuli was out with a hamstring concussion, whatever it was. So, you know, it's kind of like, ooh, like what would have happened if, you know, they hadn't won that game six. And that really cemented, you know, that they were like, we need to, they knew that this was it. We need to win this game because after this, we might not be 100%. And also a little another factoid. Are oh, you going with three? Oh my <laughs> I'm gosh, going with three. three now. Okay, hold me back. Uh, Mattress Mac actually had the largest payout <laughs> bet bet sports payout was seventy five million dollars. Well, it's it's because he paid off all the. <laughs> what he does every year is he goes and sells furniture, and says if the Astros win, then you can keep all you can keep it for free. And nope, people got no free mattresses. Yeah, awesome. And he got all his money back. I think so. he, yeah, I think what he did, it was like, if you buy like $3,000 worth of, ma- of furniture, if they win, you'll get that and 3000 more. He doubled it up. What a great guy. I should have bought it for him. <laughs> yeah, you said Dusty. Everybody did it for Dusty. He was se- He's 73 years old and was at the top of the list for most World Series games played or managed without a World Series ring. And now that list has a new leader. So... Go Astros, starting to wrap up this season and get into free agency where there's some big names up for grabs. But we will wrap up with that and get a little weather update from Justin. And it looks a little wet out there this morning. It is a little wet out there this morning, but good news is that that chance of rain is going to stay low. It's only a 15% chance for the rest of the day. Um, and the high today is an 85. It's going to feel a little humid because of the moisture we had this morning, but a low of 66 this evening. But yeah, throughout the week, you're going to see some similarities. 80 is the high for Tuesday, 82 the high for Wednesday, and 83 the high for Thursday, and lows in the 60s, 66, 66, and 62. But yes, your rain percentage is not going to get that high until this Thursday as a 37% chance of rain, 24% on Tuesday and 22% on Wednesday. But as you know, with my weather forecast, it's not always accurate. So bring a poncho, bring an umbrella just in case. And if you're a Texas State student and it is raining outside, don't forget your rain boots and an extra pair of socks because it floods sometimes on campus and we have a massive river that can flood as well. Well, that is all of our time for today. So make sure to keep up with everything Texas State and San Marcos related by following us at KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. For Justin Brown and Ryan Liguez, I'm Colton Gibson. Thank you for listening to this Monday's edition of Bobcat Radio. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. But for now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.